Hi, I'm Alex Smith, host of The Asterisk, a serialized podcast from Pregame Skate, highlighting the game-changing events that unfolded throughout the 2019-2020 NHL season. In each episode, we'll outline occurrences that will change the sport for years to come. Joining us for Episode 7 of The Asterisk is Trevor Connie, who served as the chef-in-residence inside the Edmonton bubble. The former MasterChef Canada winner was responsible for the pre- and post-game meals for over 200 NHL players, a subtly tricky task for a world-class chef who normally focuses on quality over quantity. And now, a quick word from our sponsors. NHL players start every game day with a pregame skate. Now you can too by subscribing to Pregame Skate, an email newsletter detailing what's happening in the hockey world and why it matters, all in five minutes or less. And that's not all you get with this five-minute major upgrade to your inbox. Subscribers to Pregame Skate gain access to its monthly live conference calls with NHL players, coaches, scouts, and journalists as the NHL season kicks into full gear. There's no better time to join the Pregame Skate roster. To subscribe, visit www.pregameskate.com. Like many chefs, Connie has been cooking his entire life. But his path to becoming the chef-in-residence for the Edmonton bubble was a little unorthodox. Here's Connie. I've been cooking as far as I can remember. It's a little cliche to say as a chef, but it's always what I wanted to do. I wanted to be a chef. I grew up in Vancouver, British Columbia. Worked at a bunch of nice fine dining restaurants there. I think I was like 19 or 20. And all of my friends moved uh, to Alberta, northern Alberta, to work in the oil fields. And I said, you guys are crazy. What are you doing? Stay in Vancouver with me. Don't leave me. Uh, And they started to make really, really good money. And here I am, barely scraping by working in restaurants. I couldn't even afford to do my laundry at the laundromat because I was going to school or going to culinary school, working in these restaurants. And money was tough. So I decided to quit cooking as a career. And I moved to Alberta myself and got a job plumbing and gas fitting in the oil fields, making really good money. And then six, seven years after that, applied for this television show, MasterChef Canada, ended up winning it. The home cook who took us on that journey tonight will win $100,000. This trophy and a life-changing title. This year's winner and Canada's new MasterChef is... Trevor. It gave me the platform and the financial backing necessary to get back into the culinary industry and really grind it out as a chef. So I've, since then, I've worked at a number of good restaurants here in Edmonton. I'd say some of the best. We have a really good food scene that's blossoming. So I've been fortunate to work with some really, really nice chefs, really talented chefs here in Edmonton. That's where I'm at now. 24 teams, 12 in Edmonton, 12 in Toronto, will begin arriving this weekend for a three-month stay. The NHL had to think of everything before players entered the bubbles in Toronto and Edmonton. When it came to supplying food for players, the league knew it had to find the best of the best. Connie, a lifelong Vancouver Canucks fan, remembers getting the call back in July. Actually, I didn't get that much notice. I was... I got called, I think, three weeks before it started. So before the players actually showed up for the bubble, 
there was like a bunch of, I, I had been brought up months and months prior to that. I actually finalized getting invited like three weeks prior to the event actually starting uh, simply because they didn't know what route they were going to take. It's such an uncharted territory, right? So they just had a bunch of stuff lined up. And I guess I was one of the ones that got to go through. And once I found out, it was like, bang, bang, bang. Let's get prepared. Let's get going. What do we need to do to get focused and ready to execute? Because three weeks wasn't a lot, to be honest, to plan and prepare for everything that went down inside the bubble. Once he arrived, Connie quickly realized that the NHL truly had thought of everything, supplying the chef with state-of-the-art equipment, supplies, and ingredients. It was actually very cool. So OEG, Oilers Entertainment Group, they still had a bunch of their staff that works at Rogers Arena uh, or Rogers Place or Rogers Center, whichever one it is. <laughs> they still kept like their chefs on board and all of their waiting staff and everything to help facilitate all of the guest chefs that came in to cook. So as far as equipment, like I just showed up with my knife kit and I was in contact with their representatives every day before my dinners and they would go out and they did all of the groundwork, which made it very, very easy for me to come in into an environment that I wasn't used to, especially a kitchen. It's always different or always an interesting battle going into a kitchen that isn't yours and trying to bang out a dinner because you have it planned in your head. But using the best of the best equipment in a brand new arena, brand new kitchen, and they went out to all the markets for me. So I had all the ingredients that I wanted. I just submit a list a day or two in advance and they would run around the city and get it all the ingredients and go through all the proper protocols because of COVID and get everything sanitized and whatnot. And it was all just waiting for me, ready to cook. So all I really had to do is do what I love and that's cook. I borrowed a fish head from Miranda. Why? Because I'm gonna be doing some crispy fish eyes and I wanted more than two. Connie showed his range on MasterChef Canada, but he knew he wouldn't be serving a lot of boundary pushing dishes inside the bubble, especially given the fact that most NHLers like to stick to their routines when it comes to what they eat before or after games. The experienced chef went into the bubble with a plan that would please the masses. Here's Connie. I was well aware of, first of all, cooking for the amount of people that I was, and then also like the typical routine and schedule or style of eating that they're used to. When I was designing my menus, I just chose fan favorites, if you will stuff that wasn't too outside of the box. And then I just focused on doing them really well. So like everything made from scratch. I did a lot of handmade pasta, which I don't regret because it worked out. But sitting there and rolling every piece of pasta for thousands of people was uh, a challenge on its own. I, I just tried to, like I said, do fan favorites, braised short ribs, braised lamb shank, stuff that's hearty and everybody could get behind. I'm not throwing any organs on the menu and scaring people away. But like I said, just doing them really well to the best of my ability and let the food speak for itself. Connie was around the players inside the Edmonton bubble on a daily basis, meaning he witnessed interactions between the teams and saw how the guys were approaching game days. I didn't really see any, any guys hanging out outside of their cohort with other teams. There was a bit of like bit of chirping, back and friendly chirping, you know, in the concords when the guys weren't playing. But for the most part, they kind of kept them separate. They all had their own part of the arena that they would have their lounges in or their hangout spots. And when the actual games themselves were being played, each team had its own special lounge up near the press boxes. So they were all kind of separated. I didn't see mingling. Although he was hard at work during his time in the bubble, 
Connie was able to sneak away to watch some of the action on the ice. Goodrow starts out. Zach Bogosian leads the rush, gets over the blue line, breaks through, passes in front, score! What a goal! Blake Coleman got it, but Zach Bogosian went almost coast to coast. The chef was impressed with what he saw. That was the highlight for me, for sure. I got I got every night that I did a dinner because a lot of the games started at like nine o'clock at night or eight o'clock at night. So I'd be done my dinners by nine thirty ten, and I'm still catching half half the second period and so on to the third. So I watched a lot of games. I made it to every Canucks game, which is really cool. I watched them eliminate St. Louis in game five in round one, which was unreal just to be there. And one of probably 300 people, like actual physical eyes on the game, which was a pretty special feeling for myself. As always, we finished our conversation by asking Connie if this year's Stanley Cup champion will have an asterisk next to their name. After spending months around the players, this was his take on the 2020 Coronavirus Cup. And whichever side of the fence you're on, there will definitely be an asterisk because it was such a unique scenario. It just depends on whether you look at that as, oh, it doesn't count as a real cup because it was so different, or it maybe counts more than a real cup because it was such, it was like a way bigger challenge. And that's the way that I'm leaning towards simply because watching the guys in the bubble and especially near the end, like the demeanor and the energy level was low. Yes, hockey players, as you know, are creatures of habit and routine. But when you're in the bubble, other than these dinners I was doing, they were eating the same four things for however long you're in the bubble and doing the same thing every day. There's only so much you could do. I read a few articles and some of the players described it as being in jail, a glorified jail, which I guess if you're making that much money and you're used to your luxurious lifestyle, I guess it could seem like that. But I felt like Edmonton did a really good job on trying to do the most they could do within the parameters of COVID and within NHL's budget. That was a big thing that a lot of people don't take into consideration. In saying all that, yeah, I do believe there will be an asterisk next to it, regardless of how you feel about it as an individual. I personally think it was a harder cup to win just because of all the stuff I just stated. But also it's like, will next season have an asterisk next to it? the cup winner because it's a half season or whenever they decide to get it going. That's where I'm at. That's all for this episode of The Asterisk. Join us next time for our chat with Chicago Blackhawks Director of Player Evaluation, Barry Smith, who will discuss how he's helping their prospects train during the nine-month layoff. This podcast was produced by Walk On Holdings, a digital media holding company along with Pregame Skate. Alex Smith is our host and associate producer. Parker Milner and Brooks Dyroff are the executive producers. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, Google, or wherever you get your podcasts. Please rate and review if you'd like to hear more serialized hockey podcasts in the future. Lastly, don't forget to sign up for our newsletter at www.pregameskate.com. That's all for now. We'll see you next time.